did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. From my love. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to your favorite one-stop shop for true crime stories, horror news, and real-life tales of the unexplained monsters at midnight, brought to you by the Zima Podcasting Network. You can listen to all of our episodes on ZimaPodcastingNetwork.com, as well as all the other hot, creamy content being shot into your face Ugh. by the Big Z itself. And we Ugh. are on Spotify, Anchor, and most other places you get your podcasting pleasure. I'm your host, your favorite escape madman, loose on the airwaves, terrorizing your eardrums, Matt Schaefer. And joining me as always, I'm trying to do my introduction when my so-called fiance keeps buzzing in my ear, Jolyn Dormady. <laughs> how are you tonight? I'm not your fiance. That was an American Psycho quote. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> he made a joke earlier about us being married, and then he also called himself daddy, and then called me mommy, and things have get, been getting weird with Monsters at Midnight today. What else is new? And hey... Happy fucking New Year. Happy New Year. And now that we're January is almost over. Yeah, we're back. It's okay. We're we we are back. We are back in the saddle, riding you silly. It back took way too long, but damn. sorry, go ahead. What was Nothing. That? It was a song. It was, it was beautiful. Was... <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh. How can we forget the doctor himself, the mad scientist, flipping those knobs, pulling those <laughs> switches. Grandpa Zimi. <laughs> Grandpa Zimi. <laughs> Grandpa Zima himself. Did he, did he growl? He growled. He growled. All right. I, I, I dropped the true. cap of my water bottle on the floor. But yeah. A mess. We finally have gotten together to bring you what will be the first episode of 2020. I've got that 2020 vision. I hate myself. And the last episode. <laughs> I'm never coming back. I'm not allowed back here, guys. Uh, Matt's just going to take me in an alley and kill me. <laughs> you never hear from me again. That to the woman no, that I love. It, <laughs> I earned it. I earned it. All right. No, you didn't. I. It's been so long. I don't know how to open the show. Always <laughs> follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Shoot us an email at monsters.midnight, spelt incorrectly, at gmail.com. And if you want to come harass us in person, we are always at Sabbatic in Walker's Point in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Five to nine, Mondays, happy hour, horror movie, trivia. Woo! It's a great time. It is so, a great time. Bolt your doors, lock your windows, and turn out the lights. Turn <laughs> out your windows, block your That's doors. That's why I started laughing. Because <laughs> I, I still don't think I said it right. It took me a whole decade and couldn't get it right. It but fine. Monsters at Motherfucking Midnight rise again for the first time in 2020. Motherfucking. <sighs> <laughs> Okay. Delightful. <laughs> Kicking off order of business, I'm going to talk to you quick about new miniseries on Netflix called Dracula. Dracula on Netflix, and I believe it was released on, like, BBC. Yep. And then, okay. It was released on BBC and then uh, released on Netflix for American audiences. For America. For America. <laughs> 
It is a three-part miniseries and a loose, loose adaptation of the Bram Stoker novel that you may or may not have heard of, entailing the counts of the accounts of the count himself. <laughs> That's fun to say, huh? That's um, fun. And uh, with some modern-day twists and turns, uh, including a cast of characters that you may recognize from the novel that have been tweaked slightly. Um, this is a weird miniseries. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, I have watched all three parts, and I was really, really into it until the final part. So That's what I keep hearing. I hear the last episode of it is just garbage. I haven't yeah. seen it. But. Before we get I get into the nitty-gritty review of this. Oh, there it is. Burp, take a drink or finish your drink or whatever the rule whatever is. Whatever the rules are. I also um, hit the mic. Is that something? Cuz that's that should no, be something. No, but it should be cuz more and more you're hitting I the know. mic. I know. I was just like, "Ah, oh, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was that supposed to be a pose one. What? Was that supposed to be a fake one cuz you yeah. All right. Well, it wasn't. I, in fact, I think that was worse than the one before. So, before I get into the nitty gritty of this review of Dracula on Netflix, I will say if you are any way, shape, or form curious to check this out because you are a fan of the vamp or you are a horror movie fan or you are a Bram Stoker fan, I will just say proceed with caution because mm -hmm. I've actually never read the book. I know the basic gist of the book because I've seen a lot of adaptations of the book whether it be Bela Lugosi Christopher Lee, Gary Oldman I've everyone. seen a lot of different <laughs> everyone, everyone's <laughs> done it I've seen a lot of different adaptations of Dracula so I know the basic gist of the book this will not follow that at all which is cool because like I said in the first two episodes I was really into it, I was really into the performances, the set pieces, the the tweaks that they were making to the lore, it was kind of spooky the gore was kind of cool but then the third episode comes along and I'm, I'm not gonna go too heavily into spoilers other than just saying that the third episode takes place in modern day. Yeah, I was going to say, is all of it like based in the time that like it was based in the book? Or yes. is it? Okay, all right. Okay. All right, well, I'll go into a little bit of spoilers. The first episode uh, is an adaptation of like uh, Dracula's relationship with Jonathan Harker. Okay. And then, because uh, Jonathan Harker is recounting... The show opens with a very, very sickly-looking Jonathan Harker recounting his tale to two nuns. And mm. eventually you find out that one of the nuns is Van Helsing. Van oh. Helsing is a woman. Yeah, this, which, what? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So in the first episode, you get to know Van Helsing, Dracula, Jonathan Harker. In the second episode, it's all about Dracula's voyage to England because that is a part of the book. Dracula wants to move to England to feed on the populace of England. And the second episode is really kind of cool, too, because it becomes a sort of pseudo murder mystery, although we know who's doing it. But it's like it's got this kind of claustrophobic murder mystery because it takes place on a ship. But then uh, in a valiant uh, effort uh, to sat to destroy Dracula uh, because Van Helsing is being brought to England with Dracula because he's been feeding on her. Whoa. 
I guess we're going into spoilers a little bit. But uh, Van Helsing destroys the boat and thinks she's gotten rid of Dracula. And so, But Dracula manages to slip into his dirt-filled coffin that rests in the bottom of the sea. The second episode ends with him walking at the bottom of the sea, Pirates of the Caribbean style. And he, <laughs> emerge, he emerges out of the water and a spotlight from a helicopter shines on him. And all these cops start coming up. And this, like, this chick who is played by the same chick who plays Van Helsing, who is a descendant of Van Helsing, comes up and confronts Dracula. And I was oh. like, we have jumped the shark here. And I was hoping I was wrong, but we weren't because that is the only gimmick that they came up with that like all of a sudden it's going to take place in the modern day because they do not do anything interesting with it eventually taking place in the modern day. Mm. Uh, other than like, oh, they have phones and they go to clubs sometimes. That's and also stupid. the eventual conclusion and big twist reveal fucking sucks. Fucking sucks. <laughs> fucking sucks. Fucking stupid. It is. Oh. Um, I haven't seen it. I don't which know bums on. me out because I was really into what was being given to me up until the end of the second episode. Because, like, as soon as that twist happens at the end of the second episode, I was like, uh-oh, this might not <laughs> be... oh spaghetti. Yeah, this might not go the way I hope it will, and it did not. Oh, no. Um, You looked up some stuff about the production. Uh, yes. I mean, nothing, like, super... Nothing interesting. I just kind of wrote down facts in case you had questions. So... Yeah, Tell I'm, me what you got. I'd like to hear it because I know nothing about the production in all honesty. Uh, the composers were David Arnold and Michael Price. Michael Price sounded familiar. He did the music on Sherlock. David Arnold? Who's that? He did the music for uh, like James Bond movies from Pierce Brosnan to Daniel Craig. Well, there you go. So really wow. good composers for some reason. Yeah. Um, I want to say Stephen Moffat was also the one who did Sherlock. I Probably. didn't. It sounds familiar. I didn't look it up, but what that was the thing I and wanted. He, he to was ask developed you. by Steve Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis. I don't know. I just wrote were down. they behind? What were they behind? Because there I've, was someone behind this show that finish your drink, kids. Yeah, I'm googling it. There was someone behind this show, or at least one of the directors, or maybe the developers or writers that was attached to something interesting, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I'm sorry for that noise. That was wild. <laughs> well, while she's looking that up, I will say Dracula the miniseries is not as bad as some people are giving it giving it the reputation to be. I liked a lot of the writing in terms of dialogue. I liked a lot loved a lot of the performances and the set pieces and such, but just in terms of the way the story crumbles on itself. Oh yeah, okay. So Mark Mark Gaddis, he was writing for and acting in Doctor Who, Sherlock, and Dracula. And then Steve Moffat, I believe, is the same. Well, okay, so just Sherlock. Hmm. So I was right. Well, there you go. That's nice. I like being right about stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, that's. I, th I think that's honestly the only thing I know him from, but that's because I really loved Sherlock, so I looked into that a lot. Gotcha. I've, I've never actually watched oh, Sherlock. You should. I should. Well, I didn't like, watch Dracula, so... Well, that's what it comes down to. Dracula, the miniseries, is a pretty solid three and a half out of five. Maybe mm -hmm. like three mm -hmm. to three and a half out of five. It's not, not bad. 
um, could be a lot worse in terms of like, especially with the modern day twist, it could have been a lot more obnoxious than it actually was. But I've seen a lot better adaptations of the story. And uh, like I said, the way that the story actually resolves itself is not something that I am too crazy about. Mm. So those are my thoughts on Dracula, the Netflix miniseries. I was busy watching fucking You. Have you seen You on Netflix? I need to see You. They just came out with a new season. Everyone and their uncle is telling me to watch You. I hadn't seen it, but then in like people that I actually like gave a shit about their opinion, they were like, oh yeah, that show's really good. And I was like, huh, weird, okay. Because it didn't sound like a premise I'd be interested in, but it is actually like good and creepy. It's like, yeah, it's creepy. It is like a little bit romanticized too, but it's like, that's kind of what makes it so scary because it's like from the perspective of a stalker who like actually ends up dating the chicks that he stalks and it's like fucking horrifying. I found out who I was thinking of. Paul McGuigan, who directed the first episode of the miniseries, directed Lucky Number Slevin and the the James McAvoy, Daniel Radcliffe, Victor Frankenstein that came out a few years ago. Weird. All right. And also Push, if you remember Push. It's like... Crickets. Jesus. We need sound effects. Oh, I actually okay, yeah. I actually Wait, do remember is Push. That, is that Chris Pine? I think so. Not Chris Pine. No. The other uh, one, Evans. Yeah. It is Chris Evans. Yeah. That's who I was thinking of. But hmm. yeah, it makes sense that the people behind Sherlock were behind this too. Well, now that I know that. Now that I, I know mean, that, because like now that you mentioned that there's people behind Sherlock, the way the dialogue is written makes a lot more sense too. That also makes me like want to watch the show more. And honestly, that seems like something they would do anyway, because it's like going from the stories of Sherlock and like modernizing that to doing it kind of with Dracula at least halfway in, you know? I would say if you're curious, give if you're curious, give the first episode a watch. Sure, you will. It'll leave you on a cliffhanger. Go into it not expecting something balls to the wall horror. It's a little moodier. Uh, more atmospheric. There is some spooky like moments, me. but it's <laughs> but it's more about the actual <laughs> mystique of Dracula than just like vampires biting people. Even though there is some of that, it's also a really horny show too. Well, it's Dracula. It should yeah, be. I like but, I like horny. <laughs> but yeah, I would say check out the first episode at least if you think you if you think you're it's uh, intriguing. Stick with. Uh, you watch it. I I won't not recommend it. Form your own opinion on it. Form your own opinion on it. Be an it. adult. Be an adult. But I will say that the third episode is garbage and That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. Those are my thoughts on Netflix's Dracula. Do you have anything else that I need to know about this? Nah, I didn't take enough notes. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, moving on to the meat and potatoes of this episode, though. New year, new us. Just kidding. I'm, no, I'm exactly I'm the no same. I'm better than I was last year. Um, but I've maybe gotten worse <laughs> <laughs> already. But what we always do on this show is at least talk about our favorite horror movies of the past year once it comes to a new year. So we're going to talk about our favorite horror movie of 2019. Maybe give an honorable mention here and there. Or seven. Or seven. (laughs) 
I turn it over to Jolyn because I've talked a lot about Drac. Dracula. Okay, so um, I am gonna say, uh, wow, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, honorable, honorable mention I'll give to Ready or Not because that one was like an unexpected gem. I mm-hmm. did not expect to like that movie as much as I did. It was really really fun. Um, and there's like. There was one movie that I just saw that I didn't realize had like just come out, but Brightburn ended up being really, oh, yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched that and I was like, this is fucking incredible and terrifying. Not my number one though still. I just, I'm just mentioning that I saw it and mm. I'm happy that that exists, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm going to keep talking anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to mention two things that I wish I would have seen. One is Ma. Which oh, like, yeah. Ma, I, like, Ma looked interesting. I completely forgot that that was a movie yeah. that happened. Because I think it got like a normal wide release. But for whatever reason, those movies, I'm less likely to like go see. Which yeah. is kind of stupid of me, I suppose. The big um, budget horror movies. Yeah. yeah. But it has a... Uh, what's her name? Help Octavia me, help Spencer. Me. There we go. It's just fucking escaping me. And she was just amazing. So I'm like, I think it would just be fucking dope. I think it's on... You have to rent it on Amazon Prime. I might do it anyway because I really want to see it. It looks just really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, and I still haven't seen Doctor Sleep. So yeah, I still so want to see that. I too. feel like either of those could have been like way up there in my mm-hmm. thoughts if I had actually gone and seen them like a, a good person. But anyway, so the one that wins for me because admittedly I know Matt's and I like we might have agreed on his favorite. But I would rather we talk about two different movies because otherwise, what's what's the fucking fun in that? That's true. Um, so I'm gonna go with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I think yeah, that's my number one. Yeah. I still haven't seen this one. Oh, it's so good. Um, I'm a huge fan of Guillermo del Toro as always, you know. Um, and I love me some practical effects in this movie. Like, it was almost entirely practical effects. It's like they used really minimal CGI, and like the places that they did use it, it was just to sort of like touch stuff up or like add like a little thing, you know. So I was like super into it. It was really good. And uh, it like it blended the stories in the book really well together. And also like while simultaneously making the book like even creepier. So if I were to like go back and read this book, I'd be like, oh, it's so scary. Because I did I talk about this already yeah, on the show? Did. I did. OK. All right. So yeah. I, I don't have to go too far into it then. But that wins number one. I love it. It was so good. Cool. Um, I guess I'll talk about my uh favorite uh, honorable mention truth be told the more i think about it i didn't actually see that many horror movies that came out last year yeah the only the, i only saw a couple in theaters one of them which was is my number one and the other one is midsummer which mm. i think we all know at this point yes, how i know. felt about midsummer uh the other thing i <laughs> The other thing is uh, not a horror movie, but about horror movies. That's going to be great for the audio. (laughs) I'm so sorry. The other thing, uh, it's about horror movies. Horror noir. No. What? Calm down. (laughs) Horror noir is a documentary about the African-American presence and history in horror films. It is a Shudder exclusive that I think got toured around in some theater capacities because I think it came to the Oriental Theater. Um, very, very good. If you have a Shutter subscription, check that one out. Um, it's not a horror movie, but I wanted to bring it up. My uh, other one that I wanted to shout out was Three from Hell, our boy Rob yeah. Zombie. Fucking closes yeah. out the Firefly trilogy. And yeah. I don't care what the haters say. I think Three from Hell slaps. 
and fuck I actually the haters. I, I fuck the haters. With I actually a Z. I actually like it more than Devil's Rejects. The more I think about it, the more I like it more than Devil's Rejects, which may be a controversial opinion, but it was I just really fun. I had a lot of fun with it. I loved the color scheme in it. I loved the I, I just loved it. I loved the prison stuff, the stuff in Mexico, and even the stuff that didn't make sense at least wasn't annoying like the other shit that he does but you know it's all it's all it's all gravy because the lords of salem is actually a pretty damn good movie and i'm sorry that i made fun of you for liking it yeah like it's one of those movies that like you watch it more and more and then you're just like you know what this is actually kind of sweet like this is dope like this is cool you know yeah but my favorite horror movie of 2019 was Us. Yeah. Jordan Peele's Us. That was up there on my list, too. But I figured if, if he was talking about because I, yeah, I was very close to being like, I should say Us, but I don't know if I want to commit to that entirely. Right. Just putting this fucking down here. Um, <laughs> us. <laughs> us <laughs> proves and continue, just continues to prove that Jordan Peele is one of the most important people doing horror right now uh, because his mind is so... Is it, his mind is just operates in very interesting ways in tor- in terms of political and satirical senses that I think lend themselves really well to the horror genre. And even though this one didn't have as big of a statement to make as Get Out, I still loved the intensity of it and the concept. And I loved like a lot of the action set pieces in it and the mm-hmm. characters and the chemistry and the humor all fucking worked really well. Hell yeah. And the ending is still kind of not good in my opinion, but I, I'm willing to ignore it because the ride is so fucking slick. Mm-hmm. I, I loved that movie. I had a blast in the theaters. I rewatched it. Back in October, I think, and mm-hmm. I still I still really, really liked it. I did not lose my enjoyment. I've talked to people that lost their enjoyment on rewatch, and I didn't. Maybe it's because knowing the twists, they were, I don't know. Well, but- and frankly, I still think it's kind of surprising that that's the twist they went with, because it's like it was a little surprising for me. Like, but... I was suspecting it kind of like the whole way through, you know what right. I mean? So I'm like, I was always, I was kind of surprised. Actually, I think, yeah, I think I, I liked the movie more knowing the twist the second time because then I didn't feel quite as blindsided because I don't, I still don't think the twist necessarily works. Mm-hmm. I still think there's a lot of bait and switching going around there. But yeah. that being said, the movie is still pretty fucking cool. And I, that was my favorite of last year. Nothing but high praise for Jordan Peele. My friends keep trying to get me to watch his uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah, and I still haven't gotten a chance to watch no. it, but I, I still just keep need hearing to watch that's Twilight amazing. Zone too. And he's producing the Candyman remake that's coming. Oh, out. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's oh. supposed to be coming out this year too. Dude, apparently. I just I just saw a fucking article about that somewhere too, and I just didn't read it because I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. Well. Who's got time? True, but As we sit here doing a horror podcast. I have yeah. time. I have the time. <laughs> so tell us what your favorite horror movie of last year was in a DM, a sweet, sweet DM. I need to trim my mustache. It's curling into my mouth. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> <laughs> but the big question is, the one that everyone wants to know, well, maybe not everyone, but all the nerds out there want to know, is what's your favorite yada, yada, yada of the decade? Yeah. So here we're going to give you our top five horror movies of the decade. 
my interpretation of the decade is a little loose because I think I have something on two from two thousand nine. Okay. So mine okay. goes from like two thousand nine to two thousand nineteen. Oh, whatever, I don't care. Which I think actually that actually makes sense. Yeah, that, I that didn't would be do that. 10 years. Yeah, I didn't do that. Mm. So, but either way, we'll just go back and forth. I just did the twenty tens. That's, that's fine. That Who cares. Means, whatever. But uh, we'll so go back and forth. We'll like, start with you. The lowest and then get yeah. to the highest. Gotcha. Yeah, and uh, my number one might surprise you. Ba, ba, ba. Okay, so um, my number five, it was like really hard to number these because it took me a long time to narrow down which movies I wanted to include in this because mm-hmm. there were a lot of really good movies in the 2010s. Yeah. Like the fucking early 2000s were full of really garbage horror movies and like a yeah. few a few gems, but like yeah. a lot of really bad ones. Mm-hmm. But then like the, the 2010s really just like fucking brought it. Excuse me. Um, so my number five, I just put the It franchise. So okay. 2017, 2019, because yeah, that I, I would feel horrible if I didn't include that in the list at all. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, they did an amazing job with that. Like they adapted it really well. And like the, like from the book and from the miniseries, like Pennywise versus Tim Curry's Pennywise. It's like, you can tell they kind of, he like kind of channeled Tim Curry and he looks like fucking Tim Curry, mm-hmm. like in person, he looks like a young Tim Curry. So I love that. I love that they kept that kind of vibe. Um, and like, it's funny and it's like, kind of weird and campy like the second one definitely is like weird and campy at times Mm -hmm. and like kind of like inappropriately funny sometimes like that kind of bugged me when i first saw it but all in all i loved it it was really good and it has to be mentioned because i love stephen king and like the first time i think i saw it the day george romero died saw what i hope you can feel the glare on air right now. I hope you can feel my Grinch smile. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but so I saw the movie It uh, on the day that I think George Romero died. Oh. Yeah. And so it was like a very emotional day for me, but right. I was, it made me very happy because it was a very good. Fuck, that was 2017 already. Yeah. Good Lord. So anyway, how about you? What's your number five? My number five is Green Room. Oh, dude, that almost made my list. Green Room. Oh, good, the more yeah. I think about Green Room, the more I like it. Oh, I love I Green love Room. I love me some claustrophobicer. Claustrophobicer. And I love the I love the concept. <laughs> I love the setting. That the fact that it's like about. It's about to be like, and Patrick Bateman is a Nazi. <laughs> Patrick Bateman is a Nazi. No, Captain Picard is a Nazi. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Yes. Sir Patrick Stewart is Sir a Nazi. Patrick Stewart is a Nazi. It's terrible. I love, the concept. I love it. I love that it's about like punk rockers against Nazis. Mm-hmm. I love how balls to the wall intense, intense that fucking movie is. It's like emotional too. It is very emotional. It, it, there and there's like anytime a horror movie has a moment that makes me go because yeah. something horrible happens in it, it's a it's a win. Well, not always. Sometimes it's inappropriate and not warranted. But true. Green Room, it's totally fucking warranted. And if you haven't seen Green Room, check it out. It is it's one of those movies that like no lie had me on the edge of my seat start to finish. Um, Joel Lynn, your number four. Okay, my number four is the Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, that's I love a good the cabin one. In the woods. Um, so well, I should say quick uh, before I do my number one, I'm gonna do some honorable mentions. Okay, so. then I'm, I might mention mine too then because, cool. um, 
But yeah, so I just I, I thought that movie was really creative and fun. And judging by like the previews that it had, it's like it's not all what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It's like it was easy to expect kind of a cut and dry because like that was right after the decade of like really like basic, like dated. I, I, can't, I guess I can't say dated, but it's just like there's a vibe to early 2000s horror that I just don't think should exist ever again. Right. And yeah. it's like it's like that weird like everything's bleak and dark and everyone's moody and i don't know it's just i don't know no i get what you mean yeah i I get exactly what you mean if you've seen a movie that a horror uh, even like action movies like i rewatched uh we were talking about this the other day that's why i giggled i rewatched live free or die hard the other day and even like action movies from the mid to early 2000s have that same kind of like weird just and intangible aesthetic to them, mm-hmm. especially like the color correction and shit. Where it's yeah. like everything's either yellow or green, yeah, or it's like, blue. Yeah, and it's like why was this something that we were doing? Yeah, but you it, totally get it. Okay, yeah, go on. It was very hard for me to explain, so I'm glad you took over that for a second. I don't know if I explained it any better, but like uh, I know exactly they know what, what we mean. mean. You know, you, you know. know. Um, but yeah I love that it took a different turn I love that it went a really fucking weird direction and I'm still mad about the ending because frankly I wanted them to make like a billion of these movies Mm. but and I'm secretly hoping that someday that they just decide to do it anyway (laughs) in spite of that plus Sigourney Weaver was in it which was awesome I don't know I always forget about that and I also love like the defeating of the stoner trope where the stoner in this movie is like the hero and I'm just like no I'll get for him let him go He's a, he's the best character. He is the best character. But yeah, so that's that's my number four. Sweet, my number four is oh here's my 2009 movie House of the Devil. Oh yeah, oh. House of the Devil. <laughs> I think I've talked so much about it in this podcast because I don't think enough people are talking about this fucking movie. Um, Everyone likes to have their throwback horror movies, but this is a movie, a horror movie that legitimately feels like a throwback. The production design is top notch. The soundscape and soundtrack is phenomenal. The performances are great. The atmosphere is so fucking thick. It is a slow burn horror movie in the best way possible with an amazing payoff. It is dark and unrelenting and makes you feel uncomfortable the entire time. If you have not seen The House of the Devil, you need to see The House of the Devil. And if you have a VHS or excuse me, a VCR, you can pick up the House of the Devil on VHS because they released it on VHS, and it. I watched a little bit of it before the VCR. I had tried to eat the fucking tape, and mm. I had a panic attack. Yeah. And that movie looks incredible on VHS because just of the stylistic Perfect. choices that they made with that film. That's, that was but, Matt's Christmas present to me, was yeah. a VHS, VHS copy. Jolyn got me Suspiria soundtrack on vinyl. I know. So we do like each other, despite the rumors. <laughs> um, but yeah, The House of the Devil. If you are into satanic, culty, witchy, supernatural shit, but don't like... The, don't necessarily want to watch another movie where it's people staring into a DV camera for an hour and a half... Or they have them set up around their house. Get you the, know what I'm talking about. I hate that shit. Watch The House of the Devil. Yeah. Your number three, Jolene. Numero 
Trace. Okay, The Voices with Ryan Reynolds. Really? Yeah, I fucking loved that weird ass movie. Interesting. I loved it so fucking much. I've seen it like 12 times now, I think. <laughs> I love it. I love That's it. I could awesome. watch it like 20 more times and I would not get sick of it. Fucking Ryan Reynolds plays, uh, I think it's like, is it a paranoid schizophrenic? Sure. I think the ones that hear voices yeah. that tend to lead to them being violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he hears voices, which is something that you, that, well, it's like, okay. He hears voices of his cat and his dog, and they are both voiced by Ryan Reynolds. And his cat is Scottish, and his dog uh, kind of sounds like goofy, like, oh, really? but like a sadder, like, kind of. Right, yeah. And I think he also has like a bit of a southern accent to it. It's, <laughs> it's so fucking funny. But then it's also like, he's like this really sweet, uh, it's a really sweet guy. The one he's like, it just in general, he's really sweet. Like even when he ends up like murdering people, it's accidental, and then yeah, uh, <laughs> it goes from there. Um, I'm just gonna go into details. This is an old movie because I just love this movie so much. So after he kills the first chick because like he thinks he needs to put her out of her misery, mm-hmm. he keeps her head, and then that head starts talking to him too. <laughs> Um, and so she insists that she needs a friend. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's also like horrifying because when, uh, when Ryan Reynolds is like taking his meds, Mm -hmm. he like, like, you know, people will will say like, they don't want to be on their medication because it like dulls everything for them. Mm -hmm. That's like him on his meds. So like when he's not on his meds, everything looks like bright and colorful and pretty and like his uniforms are like pink and his house is just pristine. But then when he stops or like, yeah, when he starts taking his meds again, then suddenly like you start to see that his apartment is like full of old garbage and there's like blood everywhere. And like, you know, like the cat's litter box has like never been cleaned. He never keeps up with anything and it's like really creepy. But wow. then as soon as he's off his meds again, it's like everything's fine. And it's just, oh, wow. It's like, cause there are a lot of like really like, interesting like well done aspects of this movie and i feel like nobody talks about this movie even though they absolutely should because it's like funny and campy but like actually really well done too okay i love it nice so my number three oh no i was talking about this one earlier let's get out yeah number three is that was good. that was gonna be that was maybe gonna be on my list too and then i didn't because i was hoping that you were gonna talk about it yeah number three is get out uh get out as i mentioned earlier jordan peele is just fucking cracking them out of the park in terms of horror movie horror movies if you are one of the few people that have not seen get out yet get on that shit because uh it is important first off this is an incredibly important movie in the horror genre. True. Um, and even if you are uh, not, pol- even if you want to put your blinders on to the political nature nature of Get Out, it's still really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it's like again enough, enough humor without being tacky of batshit insane concept that you believe because the world that he creates is so weird and so uncomfortable uh this movie was i was very i remember i was very skeptical about this movie because i was like fucking key and peel yeah is doing a horror movie but i was very pleasantly surprised and this is a very very good movie 
one of the one of the best in the horror genre, bar none, case closed, period. And I'm Fuck not yeah. even just talking about the decade. Yeah. Uh, check out Get Out if you have not seen it. Get Out is if my... If you have not seen it, where have you been? True. Yeah, Get Out is my number three. Yeah. Um. Okay, so numero dos. Numero dos. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that movie. It yeah. was so fucking good. Uh, so that one's 2010. And I'm really glad that, yeah, because that one was like the young... The oldest? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say the youngest movie. It's the oldest movie on my list. But um yeah, I just I love everything that movie did because mm. it was like still like a straight up like two thousands horror movie, but just like flipped on just flipped, you know, yeah. just like flipped right over. And it was so cute and still so funny and just like just great. I just I love everything that they I don't know if they were like mocking it necessarily, but like kind of because mm-hmm. it's like they were just sort of showing like, yeah, all the things that you tend to believe in a horror movie that's going to happen. It's exactly what's not going to happen. In right. <laughs> and I like that. I really like that. And it's just that's another one that I can just watch a million times over and just I love it. It's so fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I forgot how fucking good that movie it's was. It's so good. And it's like one of those movies, too, if I'm like at a bar and I don't know what to put on. If I scroll past it on Netflix or whatever I'm on, everybody's like, oh, you have to put that on. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, you're right. I do have to put that on. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, my number two pick is It Follows. Yeah, all right. I, what? So yeah, all right, all right. You don't like It Follows? Um, I don't dislike it. Well, just keep talking about it. I'm sorry. Well, I, I feel bad now. No, we have differing opinions. It's what's I fun love about it us. Follows. I really like It Follows. It Follows, uh, when I first saw it, really thoroughly chilled me. Again, kind of a wacky concept, but uh, I just loved the suspense and the, the way it was presented start to finish. I love the soundtrack. Yeah. The soundtrack is incredible. Um. I it's just it's one of those again we're talking about throwback horror of a love letter to John Carpenter and ho- other horror movies of the 80s whereas like you look at something like uh House of the Devil and it follows as a yin and yang of the two different kinds of horror movies that were coming out in the 80s as yeah. if you're looking at th- throwback horror um I think this one does it really well and I I, I don't know I just love it I I've there's something I don't know if at this point it's a weird nostalgia for it, but I every time I pop it on, I'm instantly having a good time, even though there I will admit there's some things that don't make sense. And but I love it start to finish. And there, I think there's some really genuinely terrifying moments in it. It's like a bad dream that just gets worse and worse and worse. And that's what's pretty my, true. It's one of my favorite aspects in horror is if it makes you if it sucks you in makes you feel like you are descending into some sort of nightmare yeah it's got my respect i think for me the only reason i ended up like not liking it was because my friends at the time were all just like you have to see this movie you're gonna love this movie and i was like oh cool great then i watched it i was like the fuck like because uh maybe it was just because it was like hyped up too much at the time and then also like some of the people I was with, like the people I was with, they did not know anything about movies in general. Right. And so all they kept repeating was like, oh my God, it's so Kubricky and how can you not like it? It's like so Kubrick. It's like, they're totally just like, it's just so Kubrick. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, I, I mean, I don't think it's that Kubrick. I don't either. And I was just like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Cause I'm like, I kind of see like 
I think the soundtrack kind of felt maybe a little bit like the soundtrack to The Shining at times. See, I don't even agree with that because everything about that movie is so Carpenter. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know what they were referencing. And so I think I was just getting irritated by that because I was like, that's not even accurate. And also, like, this is an STD that follows people. And I don't really understand why that's a thing. I don't either, but I love it. That's fair. That's fine. You can We can like different things. You're going to hate my number one, so. Am I? What's... Well, do your do you have honorable mentions? You should yes. say those now. Okay. Um, so we actually talked about a lot of them that I wrote down. Like Ready or Not, I was talking about earlier. Um, I think one of them you might say for your number one, so I'm not going to say it. Okay. Um, Green Room was going to be on there. Same with Get Out. Um, the three that were not mentioned yet, Deathgasm, oh, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing, and I still love it so much. The fucking, so much blood and unnecessary violence, and it's just perfect. Um, split. Because mm. I kind of forgot about that yeah. movie, but that one was really, really good. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Babysitter. The Babysitter oh, yeah. was really good and like real stupid and campy. Like that one, I think it's like, a, that'd be like probably lower than the others that I mentioned though. Just because like it felt very like American Horror Story or right. like Scream Queens, like yeah, that yeah. kind of horror, yeah. which is like guilty pleasure stuff for me but i also just like this is awful come on you know (laughs) so like there were a bit there were elements of that in that movie that were just like you know right but okay so do you want to mention your honorable mentions before i get into it yes my honorable mentions for this list all movies that i loved but i just could not fit in the list where one of them was cabin in the woods (laughs) uh halloween 2018 oh yeah that deserves it oh yeah i thought about that one too actually Um, that one was really good that was a great fucking adaptation yeah uh, I think there's, I think there's more than I'm forgetting. Um, can't think of them. So we'll just say those three. And fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck. What's your number one that apparently I'm not going to like? Hereditary. Oh well. <laughs> it's not that I don't like that movie. <laughs> I know. I just mean like it's we. A, it's a very good movie. We have differing opinions on yes. it. Yes. I love it. It's like good old gut wrenching, just nightmare fuel. And I love that. And it's like emotionally just like a fucking roller coaster. Like I'm pretty sure I was like, I needed both a drink and a cigarette after seeing that movie. And I mean, yeah, when I smoked, which it's, I don't anymore, which is good. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, so that one was just like a fucking roller coaster and I loved that movie. And Tony Collette is just fucking incredible and so terrifying. Yeah. Okay, and it's a good movie. your turn. Oh, I should, oh, honorable mentions. Uh, I forgot about the Babadook. Oh, that one was really good. I, I like that the Babadook. One. Yeah. And uh, there's a German horror movie called Goodnight Mommy. Oh, that one was pretty good was too. Really good. I kind of considered that one. Um, but my number one that no one is going to expect it's Mandy. It's, <laughs> it's Mandy. I was kind of wondering why you said that because I was like, didn't he? No, I, was, I just wanted to bait and switch everyone. I like it. I, it, it's Mandy. Mandy, when I saw it in theaters, and like my favorite thing about that movie was, I, I think I saw, I think my roommate saw it before me, but he just told me before I saw it that the movie was made for me, and I feel like it was. Like yeah. Nicolas Cage is in it. Hello, uh, <laughs> like heavy metal influence. Just gr- he even kind of dresses like you. <laughs> I dress like him. Yeah. Just 
gruesome amounts of gore, bisexual lighting, a weird <laughs> synthy moody soundtrack, a bananas plot involving like the depths of horror and revenge, but also it's kind of a tender love story too. Fucking Mandy. Oh my God. Mandy so is so good. fucking good. That is my horror movie of the decade. Yeah. Mandy is also my movie of the decade too, but that's not what we're talking about here. I love Mandy. That one was so good. Mandy is so funny. I was, I was going to add that one to my list, but I was like, 10 bucks says Matt as a covered. And I feel like it's better when we talk about different things. True. Mandy was, is my horror movie movie favorite of the decade sort type thing but that'll do it for this episode uh again if you want to let us know what your movie horror movies of the decade are shoot us an email uh dm on instagram or facebook or come and talk to us at sabbatic on mondays five to nine you know if we ever got stalkers like we'd be so dead so fast i yeah but that's why i don't think about it that much yeah (laughs) (laughs) Hey, anyway, good to have you on the podcast, Jolyn. (laughs) Happy New Year. If I don't if I don't come back, it's uh I killed her. He killed me. (laughs) Why do we keep doing this? I don't know. (laughs) Graham, you were here. Grandpa Zimi. Grandpa Zimi. That'll do it. Happy New Year to you guys. Stay tuned for all the hot, creamy content. You shooting into your face. No. Yes. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.